Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Bo Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Pasha's Bo, which is the topic is the Exodus itself. This is where we actually hear about the nation of Israel leaving Egypt. And it is a longer Aliyah of 23 Psukim running from Perak Yudbeis Chavtes to the end of the Perak at Nun Aleph. So let's take a look at a brief overview and then consider some points to ponder. We hear that it's at the middle of the night and Hashem does kill all the firstborns in Egypt. Um, from all, all ranks and breadth and depth of society, everybody is dead. Um, Paro and his servants get up in the middle of the night and there's this terrible cry. Because there's not a single house that's not been affected that doesn't have a dead person in it. They call Moshe, they call Aaron, they say, get up, go, take everything. As you said, your, your, even your flocks, your livestock, take everything. And they, they want to send the nation of Israel out because they feel that they're all going to die. And the, the people start getting ready. They try to put their bread together, but they, and they try to get everything all together. There's no time for the bread to really rise. And then, and then they, they listen to Moshe and they go and ask their neighbors for clay kes, clay kesav, clay zahav, and smolos. They ask them for possessions. And Hashem allowed them. They gave them the, the favor of the Egyptians and the, the Egyptians favored them and gave them all kinds of, to a degree of, of, of valuables to the degree that it really emptied out Egypt. Um, we now hear that Israel moves out of Egypt and they move to Ramses, so, um, from Ramses to Sukkos, which is the first stop. Um, and uh, they have 600,000 men, excluding children, excluding women. And uh, they also have an area of Rav, they seem to have accompanying groups of the Egyptian society who are with them. And they, we hear about how they are not able to, their, their, their food, their bread is not able to rise because they're rushing. And we hear that also this, uh, the amount of time that the nation of Israel was in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of this, this period, Be'etzem, Hayom, Hazer, in the middle of this day, or in this day, that's when Israel left Egypt. And this is a night of Shimurim, of guarding, of preservation, um, when the Israel were saved. We then here of the last command, Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron to say, this is the laws of the Korban Pesach. And this is going to be not just for Pesach Mitzrayim, but what's called Pesach Doras, which means the Korban Pesach brought in the times of the Mishkan and the Beis Amigdash, that it, it cannot be eaten by foreigners, called Bemechar Lo Yechaboy, and uh, uh, slaves cannot eat of it. Um, it has to be eaten in the house. You can't t t take it out. You can't leave it over for mourning. And all of Israel will do this as well. Anybody who's part of Israel is expected to be part of this mitzvah as well. And that's, and that's what they, they do. And we hear once again that in, in, in this day, that's when they left Egypt in their legions. A very powerful description, very beautiful. This has been the moment we've been waiting for for um, so many parishes and really the Israelites for decades. A few basic questions. Number one is, how could it be that every house had a casualty? Certain houses don't have firstborn boys, just the way it is. So the Ibn Ezra says, it refers to most. It's, it's, it's broad strokes. Yeah. The Bukhar Shores disagrees and he says, no. If there was not actually a technical Bukhar, the, 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 the organized, the Gadol Habayis, the most important person in that house, died as well, which means that, yes, every single house had a dead person. You can imagine this, the entire society was affected. Now another question we can ask ourselves is, what is this business about borrowing the Egyptians' possessions? Let's be honest, do you really think the, Egypt, the, 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 the Israelites are going to be coming back and returning their borrowed items? Really? That's what's going to happen? So how can it be? And, and Moshe Rabbeinu, it seems, to emphasize, it seems to be emphasized to Moshe Rabbeinu numerous times already in Parsha Shmos and Perik Gimel, and then, uh, then early on in this Parsha, now when it happens, it, it's, what is going on here? What is happening in, in this, why do we need to the, this to happen as well? So there's a few different approaches that we can take in the, trying to understand this. Rabbeinu Bechai explains that the word she'ela does not refer to a, a borrowing. It actually refers to a gift. 
ask for gifts for your from your neighbors. Why would they be determined to get gifts? So the first explanation is very simple. The Chizkoni says, these are reparations. After all, you enslaved us for decades and decades and decades, unfairly, without any morals or scruples. Now is payback time. We, are, we demand gifts. You need to give us the, a gift for all the work we did for you as well. In fact, the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin, Daf Tzadi Aleph from Aleph, tells us a remarkable story. It's a story in which um, when Alexander the Great, the Alexander the Macedonian, took over the, the, the area of the Middle East, the Egyptians came in front of him and they, they, uh, there was a, it seems to be an established international court at the time, and they sued the nation of Israel, saying that if you look into your Bible, you claim that you took from us all these, you borrowed these items, and so now it's time to return them. Let's work out how much that is, and now national debt, you have to pay it back. After all, Israel is under the Greeks now, and so is Egypt, so perhaps you can hear the jurisdiction to be able to make that demand. So um, it sounds like uh, um, lawfare, which is one of the things which is happening in the last last few few years about suing terrorist organizations. They think, oh, look, these 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 uh, Israelites, they got away with this. So an individual by the name of Gavir bin Pesisad asks to be able to represent the nation of Israel, and he asks the sages, and he they, they give him the license, and he goes up, and he says, look, let's do a quick a quick counting. We were slaves for four hundred thirty years of by the accounting of the same book which with which you're making this claim. So let's do let's do a quick calculation about let's work out the numbers and we'll prorate it backwards for the number of people you know being born and we'll figure out how much the slave the uh, how much the, the 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 payment is to have a slave for that long is for this number of slaves and then what we'll do is we'll compare those two numbers and we'll call it quits at which point in time um, the, the 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 Alexander says he says respond to them and they said they had no answer. So if you really want to ask it, in fact, we got much less than what we actually gave as well. Another perspective of why they got this was because of the destiny of the nation. Rashi explains that this is part of what Avram Avinu was given in the Brisbane of Sarim as the promise of Rechush Godel, this great, asset, this great amount of assets. It's, uh, yes, it means wealth, but also it means dominion, power, superiority, nationhood. And all of that is expressed in this as well, which is why it's necessary for them to ask this as well. Another perspective that's shared with, is with that by Rav Shimshon Rafael Hirsch, who explains a very beautiful thing. He says that, technically speaking, the, the nation of Israel had many opportunities to um, be able to take the gold and silver of their oppressors, and most notably during the Plague of Darkness, where they were, had, were blessed with light, and the, and, the, and the nation of Egypt were incarcerated in darkness, and yet they did not. And the point is, of, of this over here is now that they are able, now that they um, are, the Egyptians are able to move and think and give, that's when we asked for it. And, and the part of being free, part of what it means to be the nation of God, is not that might is right. This is a polemic against we'll be the same as the Egyptians, just with a different accent. This is not about how, how powerful we can be. We'll just brute force, take it, steal it. No, no, no. We're going to start our nationhood, Hashem says. We're, we ask for the things that we get because we're based on, on morality, on ethics. And Hashem says that's going to be the starting point of it. This is a moral um, high ground, which we're talking about over here as well. Finally, the Vilna Gaon makes a remarkable insight where he points out that when it says, that it's a man from his friend, it does not mean to the Egyptians necessarily. It refers to their neighbors. And part of the hallmark of being a free person is your ability to be able to share with others. If you can't share, you're not free. It's the, the bread of affliction. Rabbi Sachs actually describes that, uh, quoting Primo Levi, that when um, there was the, the Second World War was over, the Holocaust was over, and one of the camps was freed, 
at that point in time, um, the, they, there was a number of prisoners. There was no one to look after them. They went out to gather food, but some people were so weak and they were so sick, they couldn't go out. The people who went to search for food came back and shared their food. And he says that was the first act of freedom. So they could share the bread of affliction, even though they didn't have so much. This is the bread of affliction, which we're inviting others to partake in as well. Now, another question in Salih is, how do we get to 430 years? Surely it was 400 years in the Brisbane Abbasarim. So Rashi says, yes, it's the extra 30 years from the Brisbane Abbasarim when it was given um, till the time that uh, Yisak was born. This requires a little bit of work because it, it, it seems that the Brisbane Abbasarim was at 75 years old, at 70 years um, in, in Avraham Avinu's life as well. The Ramban says that it actually means that the Brisbane Abbasarim was a little vague. It meant 430 years, but it said 400 years because... It was really going to be until the fourth generation returns, and the fourth generation implies there's a little bit more time, which requires just a little bit more extra time for the Amorites to reach their fill of sin, to be worthy of destruction, which is why the nation of Israel needed to have, have a little bit longer of a wait as well. Now the question is, why can it, why is it that a non-Jew is not allowed to eat of the Karma Pesach, as, as explicit in this Aliyah, the Sefer HaChiroch says, because this is the formation of the nation of Israel as a nation. It's very particularistic and not universal. There's certain aspects of Judaism which are very universal. Sukkot is very universal, but Pesach is very particularistic. It's about us being a nation, and therefore people not part of that story are not eating of this story either as well. Finally, one last question in this Aliyah is, why did the Gula happen during the day? Um, why did they not leave at night? So the Gemari Brachos and Daftes tells us that everybody agrees that the Egyptians, there was a chiposon uh, at night where the Egyptians wanted the nation of Israel to leave right away. But everybody also agrees that they didn't leave in the night. They left in the morning, as is explicit in the Pesukim. And there's a, the question just is, is what is the word chiposon referring to? The, the haste, is the haste referring to the haste and the confusion of the Egyptians at night or the haste to the confusions of the Israelites during the next morning? And that has halachic applications as to when the Korban Pesach can be eaten until as well. Very interesting discussion. But you see an interesting thing is they waited till the morning. Why did they wait till the morning? So the Rashi says because that was the the end of the Brisbane Abbasarim. The covenant between the parts was given on Pesach. That was when Yitzhak was born on the 15th of Nisan. And so this is the first moment in time when now the promise had ended. This next stage of the Geula would actually occur. The Sifri and Azino actually has an interesting observation that the Egyptians um, had been telling the Israelites that if you go out, we'll hunt you down, we're not going to let you go. So Hashem says, oh yes, well, I'll show you. You're not going to slink out at night, just the back door. I'm going to let you go through the main city gates in daylight because that's Be'etz and Hayom to show, to demonstrate that I, in fact, am in charge of this destiny as well. With this, we conclude the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful